Welcome to Spew Spectrum People Enjoying Wizardry. I'm Queerness, and I have Asperger's Syndrome. I'm Lavender, and my daughter, Abby Cadabby, has nonverbal autism. And I now call this fourth meeting of Spew to order. It's four, right? We're in four, yes. I think so. <laughs> yeah. Welcome to Spew. Uh, we're just going to start our meeting off with new business. So, how'd the IEP meeting go? It didn't go wonderfully, but we are working on it and steps are being taken. Okay. To have some good come of it. <laughs> what is this day school you keep talking about? And explain to me what day school means. So they want her to go to a a different school that is not an inclusion setting school. So it is like a school strictly for children with different disabilities all across the board. It's not like for medically fragile children or anything. And there's bad drug deals that happen there. Yeah, <laughs> it's in a rougher part of town that's kind of far. And I'm not happy about it. And their com- schedule is completely different than the one that she's been on for the past three, four years. So we are actually going to venture. We're going to get an advocate, which is the first time we've ever had to do anything like this. So we will be keeping you updated as that goes on. I must say, I don't think I had anything major happen this month. It's been kind of a slow month. Also, waiting a month between episodes is a long time. It is, I know. I am going on a cruise next month, though. Oh, are you? We're going to the Western Caribbean. Where at in the Western Caribbean? I don't know anything about the Caribbean. So, so Western Caribbean is, um, cruise line speak for Mexico. <laughs> it is basically as far south in Mexico as you can go and still technically be in Mexico. Right, okay. So we're going to go see some Mayan ruins. Ooh, are you excited? Yes. That will be fun. It will be hot. Will it be hot? It is April. I assume it will be hot. I'm under the assumption it's kind of always hot there. Closer to the equator and all. Yes. Well, that's good news. I'm glad. So the only thing real big that has happened to me this month is I went to a study at Vanderbilt It was a study on depression as the leading source of clinical impairment in adults living with autism. And so it was really long. (laughs) It was five hours long. And it was a lot of those, you know, those questionnaires that are like never, seldom, sometimes, often, always. Yeah, the little bubbles. Yeah. (laughs) Um, There was... 10-minute segments in between each of the segments where I had to fill out one of those. And then there was another one that was like an hour long. Plus there was two hours of that before I even went. All in the same day? Well, the 
two additional hours were like when I signed up for it. Oh, okay. But yeah, the, the rest of this is all the same day. It was a lot of those same tests that I've done probably over a dozen times. So like those block puzzles where you have to make the picture using the shapes, the, the squares with the triangles on them. You know what I'm talking about? I They're like blocks that are like red on one side and white on the other side. And then di- there's a diagonal in the middle and you have to create the pictures using the shapes oh okay yes yes i do know what um, you're talking about a lot of like fill in the bank blank sentences um pattern puzzles like trying to figure out what the pattern is storytelling so the stupid book with the frogs on the flying saucers <laughs> have you seen this book no but it sounds fun <laughs> so it's like a picture book that has like no words in it and so they always like have you tell the story i have oh done this okay no times. really i've never seen this it's pro- probably because i'm more verbal at, so i i've done true it. yeah um but it, it was a lot of just trying to get me to tell stories and then the fun part Staring at a monitor as they flashed pictures. Um, that sounds just horrid. So, like, there's this bar at the bottom of the monitor that had these red laser light things on it. And it tracked your eye movements. So you have to just stare straight at the screen as they flash various pictures. And so there's a bunch of random objects like chairs and desks that are just kind of the baseline stuff. And then random landscapes and cute animals and then all of a sudden animals in cages with metal things coming out of their heads and then more cute animals and then the same random picture of a dead deer was just kind of thrown in randomly throughout and and i'm just curious um, as to what like they're trying to discern with this I, I'm not totally sure. They said something about seeing how... Um, well, I'm not really even sure with the eye-tracking thing, even. But trying to see how your brain escalates between different emotions. Something about that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, they also did shapes. They called them shapes. It looked like somebody was drawing faces in PowerPoint. <laughs> so, like, they were always, like, an oval... With, like, stars for, like, where the eyes should be and, like, arrows for the mouth and stuff like that. That's right. what they all look like. And then <laughs> there was a bunch of faces. Um, and the faces, there were different races, different emotions. And they were just, like, it was weird oval cutouts of the faces. Hmm. And so there was just a bunch of those. And in between each one of these pictures, there's this weird... I think it was just supposed to be a neutral picture, but it was like a close-up of crystal or something. Of like a crystal? Yeah, like like real close-up so you see all of the different granule. Just It's just like a shapeless blob of crystal. Okay. I did this with the eye-tracking thing for like an hour, and then they put this EEG headband thing on, and did it for another like 10 minutes and they had me think about things that make me happy and things that upset me 
and that was exhausting. Just like the whole process of staring at a computer monitor as they flash images and you just have to stay still and stare at it is entirely an exhausting. That yeah. sounds exhausting. They they actually, before I started, they gave me a sheet of paper that basically said, how exhausted are you? And then at the end, they gave me another one. And I was like, do the exact same thing on this one. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, so that that was an experience. And then I got, they gave me a t-shirt. <laughs> and the t-shirt was the, the name of the the program was, was the roundabout minds study mm-hmm. and so the t-shirt it took me a while to figure out what it was because i'm like it looked like a round recycling symbol but it's actually it's actually a roundabout which is not what they call them in the u.s it's those <laughs> it is too what they call that, them what that is too what they call them no what that's not the word I think of. What do you think of? I don't know. I was just going to ask you what the word was. I believe it is a roundabout. They just built a new one in our neighborhood. That's what I've always heard it called. Huh. A twirly okay. whirl. Twirly whirl? No. <laughs> no, that was a that was a made up term. Okay, cuz that's not what it You know the the intersections that go in a circle. Yes. Oh. Okie dokie. I hate them. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> the only reason I've heard of it called a roundabout is because of some British children's show that I watched once and was confused by. Yes, there's a lot of them in in Britain. <laughs> children's shows or roundabouts? Roundabouts. <laughs> um, but anyway, the t-shirt um, had a tag on it and it was made by Spectrum Designs, which is a non-profit out of upstate New York that hires autistic teens and young adults to teach them job skills. Oh, way to go, Spectrum Designs. So that was my experience. What what kind of studies have you guys participated in? You know, I feel like we've done a lot more, but I looking back on it, I guess they were all more evaluations than studies. But we did participate in one through the school system, that was done by Vanderbilt for um, toilet training, children with autism. And we had a really good experience with that, actually. How exactly do you study that? Um, They just studied how the reinforcers worked with her and, like... If a strict schedule worked, uh, they were gathering data on what method of toilet training worked best for children on the spectrum for her age range is what I gather because they had, they had, you know, the traditional method, which is what, which is what they used with her, which was just, you know, reinforcers, picture boards, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, making sure it's on a strict schedule, that kind of thing. And there was another process that they were using and where it was a device, like a very small device that actually like went in the children's underwear and routed to an app on the parents or caretaker's phone and let them know if they had had an accident, which was weird. Interesting. Yes. So I'm glad that we were doing the traditional method (laughs) and i think we've we've done a couple just for um 
like speech delay and which method of communication works best for her age range too for nonverbal children. Which method of alternative communication? There we go. <laughs> Is that when you started using the boards? Yeah. It's when we started using it's called PEX P E C S PEX. Uh, picture exchange uh, something system dang it but yeah just had it we had pictures of everything <laughs> literally everything her cups her iphone her ipad i mean everything all every different kind of food from doritos chicken nuggets we had it all broken down because that was her vocabulary and so we had everything and that's how she used to communicate for a little bit. And then she moved to using her iPad, which she's, like I said, she's doing now and doing pretty, pretty well with it. I actually just uh, cleaned out <laughs> my entire drawer of all of her pec stuff. And I'm giving it to another um, autism mom friend to use with her son. Oh, so, so you can graduate. Okay. Yeah, then. there's levels. <laughs> <laughs> The only other study that I participated in, um, I don't remember it particularly well, um, but I kind of had to do a little bit of research because they did not give us much information about it, and we never got any kind of follow-up or anything like that, um, but I'm pretty sure what, what, what it was, was in 2007... We participated in the Autism Genome Project. And so they actually came to our house to draw blood from me and my parents. Um, and it was done through Vanderbilt. And basically all we knew is that it was trying to find genetic causes related to autism. And what I have found out is basically... We participated right at the end of phase one, which was the collection process. And then starting in the end of 2007, they started phase two where they started sequencing the DNA. And the plan was to create a complete sequence genome for people on the spectrum and their parents. And they had about 1,200 families participate in this. Mm -hmm. um, and it... It was funded by Autism Speaks, who then actually went and, in 2010, um, made the database public. Um, there's now 7,000 complete genomes in the project. Um, they're trying to reach 10,000. Um, they also rebranded it at this time as Missing, spelled M-S-S-N-G, which is another one of Autism Speaks' dumb trying to be clever things acronyms they they're well just like they're the ones that created the puzzle piece thing and it's just like trying to be clever and not really understanding and the whole cleverness is them not understanding which is dumb <laughs> but anyway this genome project has been basically referenced in every genetic study that has taken place since then. Um, so anytime you see a study that um, has found some sort of genetic relationship somewhere related to autism, 
this genome is one of their sources. But why would they use it as a source if it's not even complete yet? Well, it, it, there's 7,000 complete ones, and they're trying to get more. So there, there is actually already a lot of information. They're just still trying to make it bigger. And so it is w- one of the biggest ones out there still. And so it, it's used in... Because most of those genetic studies that come out now, they're not collecting their own samples. They're just accessing these existing databases oh. and just finding the information that way. We really want to do a genetics, a genetics testing. Um, and I actually have the kit downstairs in my house just sitting on the desk it's called spark and it's also through vanderbilt well vanderbilt is a host for it it's they're not it's not through vanderbilt um i i should have had more information on that right i i actually they handed me information about spark when i did this last study Mm -hmm. but i hadn't really looked into it well it's um you gotta spit in a tube (laughs) One thing I forgot to mention is Vanderbilt was actually one of, I think, three main research hospitals that were co- conducting the study. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's how we got involved in it that way. Of course. But it was like huge. It got like there was, you know, now you've got like over 60 different research hospitals have participated in it. Hmm. But Spark is the another one that's a, a real big one that's now being done through Vanderbilt. We really want to do it, but getting Abby to spit into a tube is much easier said than done. Much easier. Sounds easy. Yeah, I, like I'm saying, much easier said than done. <laughs> <laughs> at this point, we are going to take a break and go visit Jeffrey at Gringotts. Um, but before we do that... Um, it's time for our trivia question. Again, taken from Pottermore, this one is, which of these is not a Gilderoy Lockhart book? Dating with Dementors, Voyages with Vampires, Wanderings with Werewolves, and Travels with Trolls. The answer when we get back. This is Jeffrey, the financial advisor for Spew at Gringotts Bank. And now we return to Spew. And we're back. Do you have a guess? I do. I think Dating with the Mentors is not a Lockhart book. That is correct. That one was one of those weird ones where I'm like, that's obvious, but is it I know, obvious? right? <laughs> but is it obvious? It is Lockhart we're talking about here. This month in the Daily Prophet, mm-hmm. uh, we have... A lot of news going on. Yes, we do. Um, we have a lot more information about Hagrid's magical creature motorbike adventure, which that is such a terrible name. <laughs> or is it a great name? I have no idea. It, who came up with that? Hagrid's magical creature motorbike adventure. Yeah, it's kind of a mouthful. Why can they just call it like the Forbidden Forest? Oh, that, that's boring. Is it? But there was a leaked aerial photo of the fluffy animatronic being installed. And that was pretty exciting because this thing is huge. It's massive. 
There was a video released this month with Tom Felton talking about the new details of the ride. He did confirm that it is through the Forbidden Forest. Um, They also told us that there is over a thousand live trees that they've planted for this. Yay. And the experience, apparently, because remember last time I said that the ride car is going to be Hagrid's motorbike, or Sirius's motorbike, and the sidecar. And so apparently there will be a different experience depending on whether or not you're riding the bike or in the motor car. Oh, or in the sidecar. I misunderstood. I thought the only option was in the sidecar. I thought that that was the ride. You riding in the sidecar. And we know the maximum speed is going to be 50 miles per hour. <sighs> uh, they did confirm that additional creatures are going to be centaurs and the devil snare, mm-hmm. which isn't really a creature. Um, and they teased another creature that has not been seen in the films. Hmm. What? Okay. I mean, there's a lot of creatures to choose from. Hmm. There's also a lot of creatures that appeared in the books that didn't appear in the movies. I bet it's a blast-ended scroot. That has actually been a lot of... I, I read that in a couple such people hoping that it was going to be the blast-ended scroot. I kind of hope it is. <laughs> <laughs> also, they are starting a new projection on the Hogwarts castle um, featuring the dark arts. So there's going to be a dark mark and... Death Eaters and stuff flying around Hogwarts Castle um, that's going to be running off and on between April 13th and May 27th of this year. (laughs) And we have new information on the Wizards Unite game by Niantic. We are fighting something called the Calamity in which spells are becoming visible to muggles. Um, And they're these... Things are called foundables, so you must fight the foundables, and they will appear more frequently in real-world locations, and once you defeat them, they will unlock rewards in the in-game registry. It sounds like they're just making up a bunch of words. (laughs) Um, Also, in order to replenish your magic energy, you must find food, which is sold at inns which are located in various muggle locations, as well as being able to find ingredients for potions, and that stuff can be affected by the weather, time of day, environment. Um, But what's actually neat about these inns and stuff, Mm -hmm. where in Pokemon Go, you know how it's just like a rotating circle thing? Yeah. It is actually going to be like a 3D map that kind of looks like Diagon Alley. And the different locations are actually going to look like the various locations in the 3D map. Hmm. Okay. Um, port keys are also going to unlock like fully 360 environments that you can look around in. And there will actually be um, battles in this one fighting against Death Eaters and werewolves at what they're calling fortresses. And there's also dynamic um, spells from like other players are going to be visible on the map and there's going to be owls flying overhead and stuff like that and it is available to pre-register on google play right now so make sure you pre-register i think it'll be fun 
Next thing we're going to talk about is J.K. Rowling and Dumbledore and Grindelwald's relationship. (laughs) Have you been following this at all? I don't think I have. Okay. So I'm just going to go back to the beginning and explain the, the whole thing that's been going on. Although I think most people are somewhat familiar with this. Um, So obviously back several years ago, a fan asked if Dumbledore ever found love in which she responded um, that he was in love with Grindelwald. Later, she confirmed that he was in fact gay. And then you had a lot of backlash because it wasn't in the books, which... I thought it was quite obvious in the books, Mm -hmm. but maybe that's just me. Um, There's definitely subtext that is in there that when you go back and look at it, it's there, but definitely not. And this is, and this is really what people are complaining about. It's, it's not. Um, And so then before Crimes of Grindelwald came out, the director at that time said that They would not explicitly say anything about the relationship, which then people twisted into they were going to ignore it altogether, which isn't what happened. It was touched on, but it was still very much in subtext. It was very weird how they did it, too, but I digress. She has now said that their relationship was incredibly intense and passionate, and it was a love relationship, but... um. She then went on to say that in any relationship, no one really knows what the other person is feeling. And she basically went on to say that she just doesn't think their relationship is really important to the story, basically. And so she doesn't want to tell that story. Um, But a lot of people feel like she's still just kind of like saying it's there and then not actually including it. Hmm. So it's it's an kind of an interesting thing but really i think she's just bad at writing relationships yeah in general i think you're right there's not a whole lot of relationships going on in harry potter and when they do happen eight times out of ten one of the parties ends up dead (laughs) well i was just gonna say ron and hermione's um relationship like does not exist and then all All of a sudden sudden it does (laughs) And um and even like the only relationship that really does develop is Harry and Ginny's, and even that one is just kind of like haphazardly thrown in at the end. Right. No, I would agree. I love her writing, but I think you're right. I think relationships are hard. <laughs> <laughs> Another exciting thing that has happened very recently is Guinness World Records has now named the largest collection of Wizarding World memorabilia. Uh, this honor goes to Victoria McLean, um, and the collection has 3,686 pieces. Uh, and actually, several of the items were disqualified for not being official merchandise. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and to get ready for it, it took her three days to move all of the items to the counting facility and it should be thrown out there that victoria has dyslexia dyspraxia and adhd good job victoria on your wizarding world collection um 
Now, this is a new category. They did not dethrone the previous largest Harry Potter collection, because her collection does include Fantastic Beasts items. But that that collection has been intact since 2013 and has 3,097 pieces in it. And I think that about wraps up our Wizarding World news. Mm-hmm. Uh, now we're going to move on to our autism news. And we've got two new studies have come out this month. One of them is by a Dr. Alan Flashman. He graduated from NYU and has been studying kids in Israel all over the spectrum. He's This study has covered about 500 kids. And he is specifically studying the effects of cannabis. And the biggest thing that he's taken away from it is CBD oil on its own does not provide the optimal treatment. Um, He had a 60% positive reaction using a mixture of 20 to 1 CBD and THC. He did find that a few kids did require more THC. And he also found that some kids on that mixture would show no reaction at all. But then he would use the same ratio, but a different strain, and they would have better results that way. Right. So he he is um, advocating for, obviously, descheduling so that this can be studied more, but also not treating all strains equally, and also advocating for this treatment not just for kids on the lower end of the spectrum but throughout the entire spectrum of course i feel i feel like even if you're not on the spectrum a lot of people can benefit from that a lot of people may not need the thc aspect of it for the full benefits but when i went to colorado a few years ago and i was asking questions about the cbd oil because at that time i also didn't know that it was legal federally i could have gotten it here in our home state i just didn't know it I was asking them in Colorado, and that's what they said. They said a lot of people um, had to have a very very small amount of THC in it just to get the full effects. So it it was kind of gratifying to see this study. The other big study that has come out is a study on the MMR Mm -hmm. vaccine. So, So this one is... About 650,000 children. Um, study was done in Denmark and ran from um, 1999 to 2010 um, with a follow-up after a year through 2013. And basically, this study found that there was no increased risk for autism with the MMR vaccine. Um, and they studied a whole bunch of subgroups. They went looking for family history, time periods after the vaccinations. Um, but basically, they were looking for um, children that they knew were already at risk. And like siblings or right, people with right. families of um, like with compromised immune systems, I think. Yeah, so all, all of that type of stuff was something that they specifically looked at and found that there was no increased risk, um, basically across the board. Um, and that is 
all I've got for the daily profit. Good daily profit. <laughs> Do you have anything else? To- no, I don't have anything new. Be keeping you guys updated about uh, my journey with an advocate and how that's going to go and what that's like. If you would like to send us your stories, be them Harry Potter related, autism related, we would love to hear them. Um, you can. Send us a howler at 407-706-SPEW. That's 407-706-7739. Or if you don't live in the U.S., you could record it on your phone and email it to us. And you can send us owl mail and these to spewcast at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at Spectrum People and Facebook.com slash spewcast. We'd also like to thank Joan Burr for our theme song. And until next time, I'm Queerness. And I'm Lavender. And as Luna Lovegood said, Don't worry, you're just as sane as I am. Bye. Bye. was a video released with um tom i blanked on his name i think it's tom malfoy um oh dang it really (laughs) hold on tom felton yes i had to look it up okay we're gonna edit that and pretend that i didn't have to look that up Right. <laughs> <laughs>